Well, let's pray, and then, uh, then we'll get started here. Father in heaven, thank you so much for another day. And this day is particularly beautiful. Uh, there's, I don't think, no rain in the forecast, and we've had plenty. And we're never going to complain about rain because uh, rain is always something that our land appreciates. But now today, Lord, uh, we thank you for the bright sunshine and we ask your blessing as we spend a few moments here looking at, uh, at how to, to prepare the way for a successful evangelistic series. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So yesterday we kind of uh, started the whole process. Uh, right here, Emily. Right. Good. By the way, uh, Emily, did you get uh, my email? Kathy, did you get my email? Good, so I want to make sure you're getting that, and, uh, and for you, Angie, don't worry, we will take care of you as well. So, even the people without emails are just as important. <laughs> so yesterday we kind of set the foundation, today we want to go a little bit further. Um, and I want to talk about two specific elements that are so crucial as you plan and prepare for an evangelistic series. Uh, because the preparation for a successful evangelistic series doesn't take place a few weeks before. It takes place uh, months, maybe even years before you even start it. So I want to talk about the soil preparation, the element in the harvest cycle. If you recall, we talked about the harvest cycle. Let's see if you remember from yesterday. Number one in the harvest cycle would be what? Personal preparation. Number two? Soil preparation, the tilling, making sure the soil is ready. Number three, of course, is the seed sowing. Number four, well, you've got to take care of the seeds. You've got to take care of what you've planted. So I would call it cultivation. And of course, you do your part. But very importantly, like we've experienced the last few days, God does his part. He, uh, he, uh, he reigns upon the, the people that you're working with. He reigns upon them, the Holy Spirit, to guide and direct. Come on in. Can I take two or take, three chairs? Take two or three chairs. No problem. Um, then, of course, comes the harvest. And after the harvest... Well, yeah, you start over, but uh, not quite, almost. You want to preserve what you've gained... And then, of course, you want to start all over again. Um, I want to start off here by reading Ministry of Healing, page 143. I read it yesterday, but it is so crucial, and I don't think we can, we can soak it in enough. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. And the next part really tells us about uh, soil preparation. I mean, this is what Jesus did. He spent a lot of time just working the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. That, ladies and gentlemen, is all about soil preparation, and then afterward, the seed sowing. So before he got to the harvest, before he said, follow me, he did a lot of work beforehand. Uh, so what are some of the things that we can do to, uh, to, to prepare the community? And I would say make the people aware that in this corner, on this street, 
in this neighborhood is a caring Seventh-day Adventist church. What are some of the things that uh, we can do? I'll just give you a few suggestions, and the list is really infinite. Um, stop smoking classes, vegetarian cooking schools, bread baking classes. Uh, don't worry, I'll send you all of these things in my notes. Dinner with the doctor. Have you ever heard of that one? That's a good one. Uh, they often do that in the Chattanooga area, and a lot of people show up. Uh, stress reduction seminars. I think that would be a hit because people are living very stressful lives. Reversing diabetes programs, depression recovery programs. Uh, we've got a lot of good resources with Dr. Neil Nedley that are available. And uh, when it is written, has Dr. Nedley on its program, and we regularly have him on with John Bradshaw. He interviews him talking about depression. It, it's amazing. I'm, I'm going to give you something that you may not be aware of, but we know because of the responses we get. When John has a, an offer at the end of the program, it kind of tells us how many people are watching. Gives us an idea how the program is eh, grabbing people. And usually when Neil Nedley is on, and he talks about depression. Uh, the phone calls to It Is Written uh, just, just go through the, the roof. It's just unbelievable. Uh, people just, uh, just wanting the resources, which tells us a lot of people are dealing with depression. So this would really be a good one if you haven't done so, something related to, uh, to depression, di divorce recovery programs, parenting classes, uh, and then it can be also very practical. How about basic auto repair clinics? Uh, or maybe related to, uh, to computers. Uh, just uh, the basics on how to, to function with, uh, with a laptop and online and internet, etc. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who just don't have a clue, who are interested, who like to know more. Uh, health expos, health lectures, weight loss classes, and the list continues. Uh, another one that I haven't mentioned but I've heard to be extremely successful are like gardening classes. Uh, you've done that. We've got, uh, last Friday we had a canning class. We've got several more scheduled. So they're coming on a regular. Have you done the gardening classes? Not classes, but we're looking into that. I tell you what, uh, what, what, what you could do with gardening classes, uh, most communities have what is called, what are called master gardeners. And uh, if you can get a, it doesn't have to be a Seventh-day Adventist uh, master gardener. It could be a person who just has a lot of expertise, but you doing it at the Adventist church just uh, is, is a fantastic bridge event. Uh, we had a community, I'll come back to you, Kathy. We had a community that did this in Missouri. And, uh, and so they, they rented the local, uh, just a, a small local uh, location there. And, uh, and lo and behold, about 100 people showed up. Small advertising, but it caught people's attention. They wanted to improve uh, the results of their gardens and they came, and this was done by your friends, the Seventh-day Adventists. And, uh, it, it, you know, these are the friendly activities that we do that begin to, to lower the suspicion that people might have about Seventh-day Adventists 
and make, pe makes people realize that, hey, we're good, caring people. It's all about building trust. It's all about building relationships. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Kathy? We've had tomato ministry where somebody has a large garden and they have lots of tomatoes. And we take the tomatoes to the senior centers and to the places where they serve food. And it's all done well. And then we've had uh, other farmers in the church family where they've had um, a company planting on their land and then when they're done <clears throat> you can go in and harvest what's left while we open that up to the community and that's had very good results too excellent what's some of the other things you've done because i i know that your churches have done things like this but you see here's the here's here's the catch sometimes we do things in a church and we do them just because they're good things to do, but when you start doing things because they're part of a of a of a plan, uh, I, I think it it really gives it a little bit more more impetus here. So, what are some of the other things you've done? I mean, I, I love to hear what churches do that uh, build bridges with their friends in the community. By the way, I noticed here as I was driving this morning and every day that the church here, Cedar Lake Church, has a what a community center. And uh, that's also bridge building. What are some of the things they do at, uh, at your church in Lansing? Dental clinic free. Excellent. That's a very good one. You see, the sky's the limit. You can come up with so many things to do. Uh, in my church in, in California, because the weather was good, this is not something you could do here because... Uh, in Christmas, during the Christmas season, people don't want to walk around outside at night. Hmm? They Christmas carols. That's a good one too. But what we did, we, we built a little town of Bethlehem. And we invited people in the community to walk through Bethlehem and, and uh, experience the real meaning of, of the birth of Jesus. Now, of course, we know for a fact that Jesus wasn't born on, in December, okay? But that's not the point. The point is, during the Christmas season, uh, people seem to have a greater sensitivity for spiritual things. And it would be a shame for us to just say, we're not going to do anything because we know Jesus wasn't born then. Uh, you know, we, we take advantage and we draw people away from the commercialism to, to what he did and the cross. And so, again, it's, it's one of those friendship-building activities. All right. What are some of the elements to a successful bridge event? I'll just quickly go through this because uh, you, you, it's important to include these elements as you plan and prepare for, for bridge events. First of all, you want to be honest. What I mean by that, regardless of whether or not the guests at your bridge event ever decide to study the Bible with you, attend church, or even get baptized, you should, this is important, genuinely be interested in helping their well-being. I mean, that's, that's really what we want. Even though, in a long run, we would love for them to become, to be part of the church family, that should not be the primary motivation. We must just care for them because they are our neighbor. Our neighbor and we don't have and should not worry about what may come afterward uh, if the only reason we do something is simply because we want them to be church members then we're missing the point but that doesn't mean that it's not part of the overall plan 
Number two, uh, we need to look for something that uh, is a need in the community. A successful bridge event uh, figures out what is needed in the community. And by the way, Emily would be able to tell you this because I know they teach this at Emmanuel. When you do door-to-door -door surveys, uh, and I've seen, you know, there's so many different types of surveys you can do when you do door-to-door -door work. One of them is finding out the interests of the communities, the needs of the community. And I've seen one where you ask uh, if, uh, if uh, such and such a seminar would be held, would you attend? So you go through the whole list, parenting, depression, uh, cooking classes. You go through the whole list and, and after, you know, an hour or two, you get an idea what the people in your community are primarily interested and along the way, they give you their name and address. And what you do, guess what? We're, we are holding a parenting seminar, just like you said you would be interested, and we'd love for you to attend. So you need to figure out what, what are the needs in your community. Uh, quality. You know, we, we must make sure that whatever we do, we do it well. We do it well. It's not just a last-minute thing we put together, we, we want to make sure that the advertising, the presentation, the slides, if slides are used, are really good. Because, I'll use this bad analogy, my daughter is not married. And sometimes she frets and she says, I will never find him. I say, sweetie, listen to daddy. It's better to have no one than the wrong one. And the same thing here. It's better not to do something if you're not going to do it well. So quality is important. Uh, you want to involve church members. So when Kathy's organizing uh, something at her church, and I know it's the case when she does, it's not just Kathy and then Kathy and then Kathy, it's got to involve other church members. You, you want to have member participation. You want to find, number five, the right location. Uh, it could be at the church. But it also could be at a uh, at a, uh, a a local venue there, and for for uh, people helping events, you can probably find a venue that's relatively cheap, if not free, because uh, many places will say, "Oh, this is to help our community." Absolutely, we'll we'll let you have it for free. Uh, one thing you want to add always is a spiritual element. So let's say in, uh, in my church in California, we also did a, uh, this, this was pretty cool, uh, a four-wheeling club we had. And Thursday night, all these guys would come to, to the location there, and they had these big, gigantic Jeeps and whatever else, four-wheel drive, big tires, and they'd work on their, on their vehicles and lift them and do all kinds of crazy stuff. But every time there would be a, spe a spiritual element. Uh, and that is, before we get going, gentlemen, it was mostly guys. Before we get going, the leader would say, we need to pray. And he would share just a few words of encouragement from the Bible and, and of course, pray with them. So, no matter what the topic, uh, we, we can't just, you know, just totally remove the fact that, that this you know, we, we, we are not Christians. We, we do want to, to share, but it, it doesn't take over. It's not suddenly uh, we do five minutes of mechanics and spend an hour studying the Bible and prayer. Then that would be deceptive. Just a few moments to trigger something possibly in their hearts. Number seven, 
Uh, consistency. It's important to do something uh, consistently. Uh, for example, if you're doing a, uh, a dinner with the doctor, uh, you may want to say we're going to do it for three months and we're going to do it once a week or we're going to do it every two weeks, doesn't matter, but be consistent. You want to, to build a relationship and consistency is what helps to build that relationship. If you do it just once, that's, uh, that's good, but we can do better. Uh, so you want to kind of spread those events over several weeks so that it gives you a chance, just like we're doing this week. Every day I'm getting to see Olsen here and, and build a relationship. Uh, every day I learn a little bit ab more about him. Uh, I know that he's from Lansing. I know that uh, he works for a, uh, a, a organization. You're, you're translating, you told me. Community Mental Health. Community Mental Health, and you serve as a, as a translator, among other things. Because I'm sure you do more than just that. Uh, and finally, last but not least, uh, and I am kind of hinted to this yesterday, you want to keep track of who's coming. I mean, if, if people are coming and you have no idea who they are, you have no idea how to get a hold of them, you have no idea how to contact them, oh, that's almost like the unpardonable sin. Well, not quite. But you know what I mean. You want to be able to connect with them. Now that you've given me your email address, you're going to hear from me. You know, you're stuck with me. Uh, so what, what you want is people give you their email addresses. Uh, you want to write them back and say, hey, thanks for coming to, uh, to, uh, to the uh, canning class. Uh, glad you, you were there. Uh, if they don't have an email, call them up. Just a, a friendly thanks. And, uh, and then it's also an opportunity to let them know. Don't forget, in two weeks we have our next class. Or, by the way, here's a list of other things that we are doing. Uh, and along the way, you're, you're, you're building that relationship where you will have the, the, the trust enough to say, hey, uh, we have a special class on Daniel. Now, this is truly much more doctrinal. I mean, it's, it's a step up. But, you know, they, they will say, you know, they, they were, they're good people. And uh, I see something very genuine in them. And, uh, yeah, I might be interested in, in getting more into the Bible. Uh, or could be an invitation for Bible studies. Uh, the only way to do this, record, record keeping. Any questions? All right, so that's the bridge building portion. This is the soil preparation. You're making the church aware that uh, you are a good, caring group of people in the community. And people are then more likely to step through the threshold of your door once you've built that relationship. The next part is seed sowing. And, uh, and I define seed sowing as really taking this to the next level, and that is inviting people uh, to, to study the Bible with you. Now, of course, uh, don't expect everyone that, that you, you connect to say, oh, I'd love to study the Bible with you. Most of them will say no, but there will be one or two who will say yes. And also, don't give up if they do say no. If you get another opportunity, ask again. Well, here's the thing, and this is, this is where we get in trouble. I'm glad you brought this up, Kathy. 
So if someone says no, I go to Emily and I say, hey, Emily, you know, we, we're, we've become friends along the way. And I say, Emily, I'm, I'm going to be doing a class on such and such. And Emily says, you know, nah. And she probably won't say just no. She'll say, hey, I'll think about it, which is a nice way of saying no. no. Don't take it personally and don't let that stop that relationship. It's just not the right time. You know, the doors open and close. And what, uh, you know, in, in two months, she may come back into you and say, you know, you remember that invitation you gave me? I think I would be interested now. But if, if you take it personally and it's like, okay, she said no, and you close the door, you close the door now and, and you walk away, then, uh, then you really have missed the point. So some will say no and you still love them and, you know, we continue on our merry way doing other things. But those who say yes, praise the Lord. And uh, to, to have one or two say yes, you probably will have uh, 10 to 20 or 30 say no. But that's all right. That's all right. That's part of the journey. So, uh, seed sowing to me is, is, is really taking this to the next level. And what I recommend, and I know I'm a little partial here, but uh, so be it. I, I recommend that your churches establish an It Is Written Bible School. And, uh, you know, Bible schools... Many churches have them, but most of them are correspondence-based. And uh, those are good. It's better than nothing. But who's the person who establishes a relationship with the people who are requesting Bible studies? The person that doesn't. Well, yeah, the person who doesn't. But on, on the church side, you're, you're not really connecting directly with them. It's all by mail. And the person who actually connects with them directly personally, the closest person would be the person who delivers the mail. And that's the mail carrier. Does the mail carrier care about the person's salvation? We hope so, but probably not. They just care about getting their mail to everyone's home and get home tonight and be done with their job until tomorrow. Uh, so... The It Is Written Bible School is, has a, a little different premise, and I hope you hear the common thought here. It's all about building trust. It's all about building relationships. And the best way to build relationships is for us as church members to be the ones to deliver the lesson. So uh, the It Is Written Bible School is all about local church members banding together and being the ones who deliver the study guides to the people with the expectation and hope and prayer that someday soon the door will be open for a sit-down Bible study. Now a school, an effective school, needs to have students. A school without students, I don't think we could call it a school. So how do you find students? Well, I've already told you one way to find students. You've, built, you've had all these bridge building events. You, you have all these contacts, and so you ask. So you may find students in that group of people. But uh, there's other ways to find students, and I'll, I'll sh share with you one of them that has been quite effective. And I think I brought enough of these for everyone here. What you're holding in your hands is called the Mega Mailer from It Is Written. There you go. You. Look at that, just the right number. Now, it's called the Mega Mailer because it's pretty big. When you open it, it's hard to miss. 
It just stands out. Those of you who've been involved in church work for a little longer may recall that in the past, churches have done Bible study request card mailings, and usually the, the card that was mailed was, was probably about this size here, or smaller. And one of them that was very successful uh, was called Something Wonderful. I don't know if you, if you remember that one, Something Wonderful. And they were very successful, but they were kind of small. Society has changed. Uh, mailings are not as, as successful as they used to be, so we've had to make some adjustments. And uh, so our creative department said, we're going to come up with a mailer that may be better for the days that we're living in. So they created this thing, and I thought when I first saw it, I said, you guys are crazy. It is far, far too big, and because it is far, far too big, it is also more expensive to mail. You've lost your mind. It's not going to work. It's, it's going to be a dud. Well, guess what? I had to eat my words. We printed 100,000, and I said, this is 100,000 printed material mistake. But since we printed 100,000, we might as well use them. So we mailed them out in the Chattanooga area, and uh, the, the outcome blew my mind away. Let me give you a little background on, on Bible study request cards. I was talking to a Bible worker from near Bering Springs. Colona? Coloma? Is that near Bering Springs? Nice young man. And uh, I, I, it was yesterday, he said, Eve, you won't believe this. We tried your Bible study request cards, and they were incredible. I've never seen anything quite like this. Uh, he said, because usually when you do the, the, the regular size, much smaller, it says the response is one per thousand. Two, if it's really good. And he said, we did this mailing in the Coloma, Coloma area, and he said, we mailed 4,000, and the return was 30. So when you do the math, that's somewhere between 7 and 8 per thousand. That's extraordinary. Uh, what we have discovered, Richard, is the average is about 10 per thousand. So some places have lower, obviously, but we've had places that had a response per thousand of as high as 30. Now, that little church, <laughs> they called it and said, we don't know what to do, we've got too many. But by God's grace, uh, they, they rallied the church members and they said, listen, we have all these cards we need to follow up. They just mailed a thousand and they had 30. And, uh, and so the church members said, well, these are cards are important because each card that is returned is, represents what? A soul. It's a person. person who's taken the time to rip this off, to mark yes, to put their address. Hey, that shows a, a certain amount of interest. And so these are precious souls. So this little church has said, okay, let's do it. And, and they organized themselves and they followed them up. And, uh, and uh, God really, really blessed them. So this here is, uh, is truly one of the ways to, uh, to find people. Because like I mentioned yesterday, uh, we are surrounded with people who have this, you remember the word, nameless longing, this inexpressible craving. 
and uh, until the days arrive when people will be coming to our church saying, we want to be part of your church, we've been watching it as written, we've been watching this or that. In the meantime, we've got to go out and find them. And this here is one of the best ways to go out and find them. They receive this, they're moved, they're touched, and then you have to respond because you don't want to sit back and say, well, praise the Lord, they've responded. You want to go out and, uh, and actually do the responding. Let me walk you through this because I want to make sure you understand how all of this works. So let's say you mail a thousand of these. And the cost for a thousand is approximately 400. So I think most churches, most churches, even small ones, can probably afford $400 to mail a thousand. And uh, plan and expect to have about, I'm going to go with the average, about 10 responses. But I'm going to be conservative. Let's say it's five, which is still pretty good. So you mail a thousand for $400, plus or minus, and uh, you get five responses back. So the question people have, so in your experience, Eve, what will be the outcome? It depends on how you follow them up. And I'll walk you through how to follow them up in just a moment. But if a church and a group follows up the five very faithfully, prayerfully, uh, I've discovered that uh, you could have a, a 20% baptismal return. So out of the five, you'd have how many baptisms? You'd have one. And uh, I, I know I shouldn't be talking in, in, in terms of dollars, but uh, believe me, the conference does look at how much they spend per baptism. And, uh, and usually the numbers are about $2,000, $3,000 per baptism that churches spend. This would be about, about $400 per baptism. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment on, on a person's part. Um, so my recommendation is, uh, is for you to consider this is one of the ways to find people out there. Uh, I'll come back to, to the card in just a moment. Other ways that really work very well, uh, but people are afraid to do it. This one is less, you have less fear because you're sending this out, they return it. By the way, when a person returns this, it goes to, it is written, we process it and then we send it right back to you. Turnaround is very quick. So Kathy, let's say that you're doing this. It comes to us. We, uh, we make sure we have the information in case something were to be lost because this card represents a person that is seeking and searching. We mail it right back to the contact person in your area. And let's say in your case, it's you. So Kathy, you received these cards that we have received. And, uh, and then it's, it's up to you to follow them up. It's less scary to do this because you're going to someone's house. Let's say it's Betty Brown who's responded. You know that Betty Brown has some interest. doesn't mean that everyone is going to be excited. You know, it's, it's just the way it is, even if they respond. But the likelihood, likelihood of them being interested is much higher because they are the ones who made the request. Now, the other way of, of finding people, of course, and yes, 
you were right on the edge there. You walk up to them. You have the card with their writing on it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of mean back to that okay. because uh, it, this is important. But I want to tell you other ways of finding people. Uh, you can, of course, do surveys. Uh, and those are very effective. We did, uh, I was in uh, Minnesota, uh, Bemidji, Minnesota, not long ago. It's pretty cold up there. It wasn't cold when I went, but they told me how cold it gets. It's like, oh, I'm glad to be living in Chattanooga, I think. So we went in Bemidji in the area for about an hour. And we, we I forget how many we were, uh, and we knocked at the door. And everyone was like, are you sure this is going to work? And we had a survey, just a friendly survey. Uh, I forget exactly the questions, but it was standardized questions. And at the end, one of the questions was, if you had the opportunity to study the Bible, would you be interested? Just include it in the survey, just that question. You're just doing the survey, answering, writing the answers down. And uh, you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't be, how many people said, you know, yeah, I would be interested. And uh, by the time we all came back and did our report, oh, we had uh, at least 30, 40 people that were open for Bible studies. Now, again, I'm going to be realistic. Out of the 30, 40, uh, they're probably the majority, when you go back, will say, oh, I changed my mind. But out of the 30, 40, if you find two or three that are open, that's fantastic. An hour's work. And you've got three people who you can study the Bible with. Fantastic. That applies to anywhere in the United States. You put me in any community and you, you go out for an hour. And this was, when I say we had 30, 40, we had about, about 15 teams that went out. Okay, so uh, I think that uh, if my, my group, I was with a gentleman and we found two. Two. Uh, so you don't need to have a large group. You could be just, uh, you know, four teams and you will find a handful of people. You follow them up and trust me, you will have people that you will be studying the Bible before long. But that's a little bit more scary because you're knocking at the door and you don't know if the person answering the door is going to be this tall, this short, this big, this small, will be eager or will be saying, get out of here, I'm not interested. I mean, it's, it, 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 there's some fear involved. But God is with you. And uh, God will open doors, and uh, you will find people. Emily, is that what you have found? It works. It works. Ah, because you get better. You get a little bit more comfortable. You're not stammering as much. But uh, again, it's not about you. It's about God. God is the one who, who softens. I'll never forget, we ran into these two young guys. And we're talking 18, 19 years old. Young guys. And you, you think, well, they're young and they're going to say, ah, oh, well, yeah, you know, we're not interested. And actually, they were the most receptive. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we, we, we'd be interested. It's like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let, let me go back to this. So this here is another way if you're not going to go knock on doors. Uh, but you still have to eventually go knock on someone's door. Because again, like I said, it is written Bible school is not based on you know, doing this through by mail, it is based on building relationships. And that can only be done if you do it in person. So, Betty Brown, let me tear this off, has made the request. Okay, so you're going to go to her door and you're going to take lesson number one. 
I'll just quickly walk you through this. So I'll pull out lesson number one. And you never want to do it by yourself. You want to do it at least with someone else. Because there's many reasons. If you go to Psalm 365, remember I talked about this, it gives you plenty of reasons why you should do it with another person. Uh, it's good to have someone who, who's with you, and in their hearts, what are they doing? They're praying. It's good to have another person because it's always more fun to do it with another person. It's good to have another person because there's always this element of safety. safety. I mean, the list can, it continues. It's, it's the right thing to do with another person because, oh, isn't what the Bible says also? Two by twos. You know, the list is, is, is long. Emergency? All right. I'll send you, I'll send you uh, the, the lesson here. Hope you're going to be okay, Kathy. And thank you for getting to the card that they filled out with their information and their writing. You have it and they see it. That's right. That's right. Anyway, so you go to their home, two by two, and you have a few of these. You want to have not just one because Betty may have a husband. Betty may have other people in her home. So you want to have extras with you. Uh, and you're not going to go there... I know I may sound heretic by saying this, but uh, may I borrow your Bible, Caleb? So you probably are not going to go there with, with your Bible and stuff like this. That could be intimidating. I mean, sure, you want to have a Bible nearby, maybe a small one in your back pocket or back in the car. But I, I think if you come on too strong, you're going to scare people. So you want to you, you, you wanna build that trust, that relationship. People are suspicious. When you knock at the door, they're going to look at you. Who's this person? And so you, you want to go at it very wisely and very carefully. So you're carrying a few extras with you. Uh, you want to be dressed appropriately. So business informal, eh, probably the way I'm dressed here, the way I wouldn't go like this, Caleb. Uh, perfect. I think the rest of you would be just fine, but I wouldn't go in shorts. I, I would, you know, who are you representing? You're representing God. You don't want to wear a suit because that too can be like, whoa, that's too much. That's too strong. You want to park your car, not in their driveway, maybe a little off. Because, again, you want to be respectful of their space. Uh, it's, it's all about building that trust. Eventually, once the trust is there, you may park in their driveway. But at first, you want to be very careful. You want to be careful how you approach the house. You're not going to be talking out loud. I look at this and look at that, walking on their grass. You have to be very careful because people are watching. They may be looking out the window. And first impressions are sometimes a lasting impression. So you knock at the door, and by the way, there's only one of you who talks. One is there to support and pray, but you don't want to have two people leading out because then it gets very confusing. There's only one chief at the door, and you have to decide ahead of time which of you will be the one doing the talking. So you knock at the door, and I'm going to pick it up where Kathy has, has left it there. And when they answer the door, let's say they answer the door. The, the biggest problem in doing this type of work, do you know what it is? Emily, you know what it is? No. Well, you're, you're very close. The, the biggest challenge in doing this type of work is, is not what you may think it is. It's finding someone at home. That's the biggest challenge. It really is. Uh, it's hard to find people at home. True. That's what I was going to ask you that question. What is the best time of the day to go? 
Well, the best time of the day to go is when they're home. <laughs> no, the best time of the day, I would say, is probably afternoon, late afternoon, early evening. Uh, let, let's, let's linger there. So I knock at the door, Betty Brown is not there. So what do you do? Well, first of all, you say to yourself, it's Tuesday, it's 5 o'clock. I'm not going to come back on Tuesday, 5 o'clock, because she's not home. I'll try a Wednesday at 6.30. So you, you, you make some adjustments uh, until you finally find them home. If Betty Brown is not home, do you leave the, the car? Do you leave the lesson? No. Because, again, it's about building relationships. And, uh, you know... She's not home, you walk away, and then you come back another time. It's okay to leave a lesson once you have a relationship, and then leave a little note. Uh, let's say it's lesson number four or five. You say, hey, Betty, drop by the lesson. Sorry to have missed you. Here's the lesson. That's all right then. But when you don't know the person, you don't want to do that. Okay, so Betty Brown is at home. She answers the door. She looks at you. By the way, when, when uh, you knock, you take about a a step and a half back. You don't want to be right in front. That's intimidating. These are just small things you want to look for. So you take a step back. She answers the door. She looks at you inquisitively and you say, hi, my name is Yves Monnier and this is my friend Olson. And uh, we've come here to deliver the, the, the lesson that you requested. So you show her the card, just like Kathy said. Oh yeah, that's my handwriting. And here's lesson number one. And guess what she will say? Hopefully, thank you. Yeah, hopefully, thank you. But more than likely, Betty will say something else. She will say, I thought this would come in the mail. Never fails. Guaranteed. And that's all right. Glad she said this. And you say, you know, we're the local It Is Written representatives. And uh, we thought this was so important that we wanted to deliver it in person to you. And there you go. By the way, as you introduce yourself, I forgot to say, you want to say, my name is Yves Monnier, this here is Olson, and uh, we are the local representatives of It Is Written. So you want to put that out there right away. And guess what? You are the local representatives of It Is Written because It Is Written, like I said yesterday, is part of the church. I mean, we, 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 we're a cousin of yours. So wherever you are in Michigan, we are we are together in this. So you, you don't have to say, well, I don't really work for it is written. Doesn't matter. We're, we're part of the same organization. So you can safely say we are the local representatives of it is written. And uh, your first visit is, is, is probably going to last all of three minutes. This is not the time to put the foot in the crack of the door and and kind of force your way in. They don't know who you are. They're suspicious. Who are these strangers? You just smile a lot, and uh, you just open this lesson, and you say, hey, this is a great study guide, beautiful pictures. You have a, 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 a question, and then you fill in the blank, and uh, I've done it myself. Make sure you've done it yourself beforehand. You don't want to lie. And uh, I have been so blessed, and uh, I think you will enjoy it as well. And so I hope that you have a chance to, to do it. And so she will probably look at it. And then you say, you know, there's a lesson number two. I'd like to bring it in about a week, about this time. Would that be fine? She'll be a little, you know, and the answer will be, 
yes. Without, it just, it will be a knee-jerk, yes, it doesn't mean yes, but it, she'll be caught off guard, she'll say yes, and you'll say, wonderful, I'll see you in a week, thank you very much, God bless you. And that's it. By the way, when you hand this lesson to her, make sure you, you, you know, let me show you here. See, when you hand something, it, there's this natural reaction that if you do this, a person will, will grab it. Uh, so you, you just want to make sure you, you hand it to them and then you can talk about it. Just little things, little details on how you, you give something in, in a person's hand. And there you have it. That's, less, that's the first visit. It's just as simple as this. And, and it, it, it works just exactly the way I shared it. Uh, we think usually the worst. Well, what if they do this and what if they say that? 99% of the time, they don't do any of those things. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Uh, and if they throw a, a curve at you, trust me, God will give you the answer. I've seen this over and over. But more than likely, 99% of the time, what I've just shared with you is exactly what will happen. And the hard, hardest thing about this is going to be finding them at home. So that's the first visit. Any questions? I have a question. So, those are jump-off lessons. I, I took a class like that. My question is, if when you come back, they want you to review the lesson with them. You know what? Praise the Lord. If they want to review, it's like, hallelujah. Uh, usually people are not like this. But you go back the second time. Let me quickly go over the second visit. So the next time you go, you have lesson number two, of course. Uh, and, and again, like I said, Betty Brown may have a husband. And you, instead of leaving just one, you may have left two. doesn't matter. So you go back. And usually when you go back, they'll say, oh. I forgot they haven't done the lesson 90% of the time they will not have done the lesson so don't don't say what <laughs> it's okay don't worry about it I brought you a second lesson and you're gonna love it and then you talk about the second lesson and uh, again it's all about building a relationship so don't worry about them doing the lesson or not it's all about connecting with them you're looking into their eyes they're seeing your friendliness and and by the way you might mention you know i love the the the, the beautiful flowers you have here you, you really have a green thumb suddenly betty says well yes uh, i tell you what uh, it's 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 been a job and over the years it's gotten better and better and suddenly you know you're talking about something that she loves that she enjoys i mean if it's it's there it's probably something that she spent time with and it's all about getting to know each other better don't worry about the lesson in due time it will come and uh, as you look at the, the jesus's method then he built confidence and then he bade them follow me why should we do it any differently so uh, you drop off the second lesson. Don't worry if, if they didn't do the lesson. It's okay. You're increasing the trust and decreasing the suspicion. That's part of the journey. Uh, of course, Olson, the dream is if someone says, guess what? I've done lesson number one and I've got a few questions. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's the ultimate. And that's when you can say, well, I would love to spend a few more moments with you. Maybe next week we could spend a half hour. You don't want to do it right there and then. I, I've discovered that uh, let's not be too eager at the same time. Let's, let's be wise. 
and uh, you know you you have not planned to spend more time with them and they hadn't planned for you to spend more time with them so plan ahead and say you know next week Betty how about if uh, if next week at the same time I spent a half hour with you would that be okay yeah, I guess so so you see you both plan for it it's better to plan and uh, and when you say you're gonna stay a half hour guess what Try to stay a half hour. When you finally get into the sit-down Bible study, my rule is never exceed one hour. 45 minutes, better still. Because you don't want them less of you when you leave. And it's like, man, I never thought that Caleb would leave. I mean, it's interesting, but boy, just uh, two hours. I, I just don't have that kind of time. So you don't want, uh, you don't, you, when you leave, you want them to feel like they want more of you rather than less of you. And uh, even though, I mean, here's what can happen, Olson, that you're studying and they're really into it. I mean, they're really into it. They're responding and, and it's a great meeting and, and, and you're into it and no one's paying attention to the clock. But two hours later, you're done and, and it's been a fantastic two hours, fantastic two hours. But you walk away and, and they look at the clock when you're walking away and they say, <gasps> and, uh, you know, people don't have that kind of time. And, uh, and, and so, even though they loved it, something happens. And it's like, ah, oh, every time he comes, two hours, I just, I just, no, I can't. And, and a, a wall is built. So, you as the adult, you know, talking like spiritual children, you, you have to keep an eye on the clock and be the one to say, guess what, Betty? I, I know we're right in the thick of it, but next week we can continue. Next week, we'll, 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 we'll go on and look at this some more. Uh, in the long run, they'll appreciate that. And uh, it's good time management. We have to be good time stewards in regards to how we study with people. And uh, there, there's no reason why a lesson cannot be split into two or three. Uh, is there any reason why not? Again, it's less about I want to make sure that they get the information. It's more about I want to be their friend. I want to have that connection. And by the way, in the long run, when they come to a harvest series, when we're talking about people falling away, these people with whom you've connected and built a relationship, they're not going to go anywhere. They're your friends. It's all part of of the journey together. Uh, so anyway, any questions on that? Does that make sense? Good. Uh, I have brought here, and I left them in the back here, I think I have them here, uh, a resource catalog to show you what we have. By the way, uh, Caleb, you didn't get this yesterday. I think all of you got my impressions, right? Uh, I don't think, did I give you our resource catalog yesterday? Okay. So the reason I'm sharing this is uh, if your church is interested in any of these resources, uh, you, you have them all listed here. I'll take you through the pages here. Of course, uh, the study guides are on page four. Um, what I recommend you do, you want to buy the right amount of of resources when you're doing a mailing, let's say. So let me give you an example. So let's say that your church decides we're going to do a thousand, and the the minimum is a thousand. We can't go any less than a thousand. Um, let me. Uh, 
I'll come back to how you, you select the area where you want to mail. Don't let me forget. I want to tell you how that works. It's really actually so simple. So let's say you, you're going to mail a thousand. You probably want to buy extras of lessons one through five. You don't want to buy entire sets that, that then are going to be broken up and then at the end useless. So you want to buy extras of lessons one through five because unfortunately we have attrition. And, uh, and so here it tells you how you can order individually. So instead of buying the entire set, like here, you just buy them individuals for the first few lessons. Then you want to buy enough uh, entire sets as well. And uh, here's, here's what I have concluded. You probably, for a thousand, you'd buy 20 extras of lessons one through five and then probably just buy a complete set, five complete sets. So, uh, you know, we want to be wise in how we spend our money. And that's uh, not a huge expense. And I have factored in, in that into the $400, about the $400 that you would spend. So here you have the phone number to call, and our customer service will be glad to, to, to help you out. Uh, keep in mind one thing here, you know, it is written is, is definitely not in the profit-making business. This is non-profit. Uh, whatever we make goes right back into the ministry to be able to continue to help churches do this. So these, these are non-prices where, where it is written is, is getting rich because this is not at all the goal. Uh, now, I was telling you about how to choose let me turn on the projector and I'll show you something really cool. There we go. Do you realize that uh, you can be very selective about where you do your mailing? Uh, it, it really is so cool. Uh, I'll quickly show you this. I, I'm just always amazed. When I first started in ministry, it, uh, it was quite complicated. Now, not at all. So let's say USPS.com. There we go. You go to their website. You want to go to business, and then you want to go to every door direct mail. So it's all there, USPS.com, uh, and then you enter a, uh, a zip code. So let's say, uh, let me, uh, Richard might as well go with Grand Rapids. 49341. 49341. Let me go down, and so that's the zip code. Okay, uh, then you may say within the zip code, I can choose which routes to send it to. So you don't have to send it to the whole zip code. So let's say we're going to go to this route here. So we pick this route here. We go to the side here. Let me see if I can. There we go. So that rural route within that zip code that Richard just gave has 636 addresses. So you may say, well, we'll want to send it to another one uh, to be as close as possible. So you can choose to go here. And now suddenly you have 1,274 addresses. And it even tells you the cost involved. So when you contact, it is written because uh, it, it's very simple. We are the ones who take care of the mailing. So you, you just say, hey, uh, uh, I'm Richard and I'm with the Grand Rapids Church. Uh, and we like to do mailing. Uh, we have selected the rural routes, and you can tell 
our customer service exactly what those routes are. They appear here, there, there's, there's names somewhere. If I had a bigger screen, I could see it. And uh, you give them the, the, spe the specs for the route. They'll tell you 1274 cards, they'll give you the price, and, uh, and boom, you're in business, just like that. And uh, a month later, you start getting those cards back uh, from Betty Brown. It's that simple. So you have a lot of control uh, where you, you want to mail them. Uh, and I, I think churches and, and groups appreciate having this kind of, of control, able to know where they're going to go. Uh, and you were saying that it has to be a minimum of 1,000? Yeah, the reason is uh, because we're, we're printing them specifically for you. Every, I didn't mention this, every, uh, every church has a code. Every group has a code. It's not printed on here, but it's printed, I think it's on here, it's printed for every church because every church, we want to make sure that the cards end up with the right person. And so for us, we've had to say, we've got to do a minimum of a thousand. So, but 1274, that probably would be about, what, 450, $500 at the most to, to do a mailing as such. So, ah, there it is. Told you I would talk about this today. So let's say you get to the point where a person is ready for Bible studies, a sit-down Bible study. How do you know a person is ready to transition from just dropping off to sit down? There's a few cues they give you along the way. One of them is, oh, Olson, I'm so glad you're back. I couldn't wait for the next lesson. They're into this. And, and at that point you could say, hey, Betty, would you be interested in, uh, in us spending a few more moments looking at the Bible? She, she could say, you know what? I thought you'd never ask. That's one clue. Or if they have a lots of questions. You know, they ask a lot of questions and, and you say, Caleb, you know what? I'm glad you have a lot of questions. You know, let's, how about if we spend a little bit more time answering these questions? Can we schedule a time to do that? That's another one. Uh, they're, they're filling out the lessons. They're actually doing them. You know, so you, you have hints that tell you that they're ready for more. And uh, you, you've got to be very observant, very perceptive. But uh, it'll be clear from the Holy Spirit, uh, they're ready. And you're probably going to be the one to ask. Some of them will say, hey, Angie, would you study with me? Sure. And, uh, and that would be nice if they did this. And Angie, of course, will say, answered prayer, sure. But most people, you're going to have to be the one to do the ask. That's the reality. You're going to have to just say, hey, uh, just wondering if you might be interested. Uh, lesson number six in our study guides is the law. Lesson number seven is the Sabbath. We try our very best to be in, in a Bible study setting before lesson number seven. So uh, the first few lessons are, 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 it's okay if you're not sitting down and studying with them. The first one is, uh, is of course, uh, Daniel 2. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the second one is, uh, did I say it right? I think it is, yeah, it is Daniel 2. The second one is the signs of the times. Uh, the third one is, uh, is of course the origin of sin and then comes the plan of salvation uh, 
so and then the the next one i think is about heaven uh so these are friendly lessons that are not going to cause uh a, a big big issue with people they're not uh most christians will agree on the topics even the law by the way they will agree they will agree. I mean, most evangelicals will tell you the law, the law, the law, until then you bring up the Sabbath, and then they will say, well, it was nailed to the cross. And the only reason they say this is because of one commandment. It's just the way it is. Suddenly, you know, they're all about the law. We need to bring the law back in, the, in, the, in our government, back in our schools. We need the law. And then when you bring up the Sabbath, suddenly the law is like, Ugh! So, uh, so you got about six lessons to work with to build that relationship because it's all about building that relationship so that they trust you enough for you to sit down with them. And, uh, and when you finally sit down with them, here's how I recommend that you do. We've created a tool. And like I've said, it's sometimes all about having the right tool. So let me sit down with you here, show you how this tool works. This here is our It Is Written Bible Study cue cards. We've just uh, created this, and we're not the pioneers in using this tool. This has been used in other divisions very successfully, and uh, we just adapt, adapted them to, uh, to It Is Written, and we believe that uh, it's, it's a fantastic tool for people giving Bible studies. This little paper here gives you the instructions on how to use this tool but I'm going to explain it to you so let's say now that you're you're ready to study with them lesson number let's say lesson number five uh, so I would pull out uh, lesson number five so here it is uh, each we have cards for every lesson and uh, so here are the cards that go with lesson number five Lesson number five has, has 18 questions. And I have in my hands 18 cards. Each card, each card represents one of the questions in the lesson. And all there is on the card is the number of the question. It has the question itself and the Bible reference, nothing else, nothing else. So when you're ready to study the Bible with them, what you do, you, you and your partner and Betty and maybe there's someone else, uh, you, you sit down and you say after, this is after prayer, uh, let's play a game together. People enjoy games, but this is a very helpful game. We're going to study something that I believe will will be a great benefit to you. So you mix the cards up just like this uh, and then when you've spent a few moments mixing and it kind of builds up the anticipation. So then you say we're going to distribute them between the four of us. So here I'll uh, Caleb and uh, uh, let me distribute this so Emily's included as well. So let me let me do it like this so it for the sake of time so here we go four of us so here you are richard caleb emily uh so i i have a, a set as well my partner would have a set as well and so you say put them in in the order 
that the questions appear and so uh, uh, you do that then you say so who has question number one Caleb what's question number one is there a place called heaven what's the Bible reference John 6, so Caleb then reads John 651 and I say so in your opinion is there a place called heaven in, you know, in, as you think about what you read? A person will hem and haw and will give an answer. You as the facilitator may have the opportunity to redirect if needed, affirm, maybe add a thought or two. It's a little bit like Sabbath school teaching. Think about it like that. And then you move on and you say, who has question number two? You have all the questions. <laughs> That's okay. It happens sometimes. So we go through the whole same thing. What this does, think about this. What this does, it, it draws everyone in the discussion. See, in, in the past, what often happens, you, you pull out the study guide. Everyone has the study guide. We go through the study guide and usually ends up being more of a monologue than a dialogue. What, I, what this means is you keep the lesson aside. You don't pull it out just yet. You're using the cards to direct the whole, the whole lesson. And, uh, and, uh, and it, it just draws people because when it's Emily who has to answer a question, she then looks it up, she reads it, she answers, and even children can participate. And uh, so at the end of the lesson, it's not been just you talking, it's been everyone having some type of, of dialogue as well. And that's really the ultimate. You want people to participate in a discussion. You want to hear their voices. And you want them to respond according to what they have just read. It's powerful. So when you're done, of course, you want to have a little appeal. Let's say it's, uh, this lesson is on heaven. And uh, the appeal would be, Caleb, is it your desire, as you've, we've studied this together, is it your desire to, uh, to be in this place called heaven. Now, notice what I did, and it, it was a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. You, you, it's okay to have quiet, silent moments. There's no problem to have nothing said. It's okay to force a person to think and to reflect, and uh, it, it, it's, it's, silence can be your greatest ally. Sometimes we get nervous when it's quiet and you want to jump in, you know, temptation was, right, you, you, you want to be in heaven. You, you know, let the person really think this through. It's, it's better. And uh, when you're done, I'm almost done here. I promise. When, uh, when, when you're done, you, you have your prayer, and then you pull out the lesson and say, here's the lesson. We've reviewed this together as a group, as, you know, together. But on your own, before next week, I want you to, to do it on your own at your leisure. You leave the lesson, so by the time it's over, they will have at least reviewed the lesson once and then twice. And, uh, and that's it. Now, a question that came up yesterday, and I, I just want to mention this and then we'll be finished. Uh, what I'm doing here is I'm leaving, I'm, I'm covering the lesson that, uh, that I'm leaving with them versus Here's the lesson for next week. Read over it. Do you, I, I hope you see there's a difference. And the reason I'd rather do the lesson with them 
and leave a le the lesson we've just covered is because if you're dealing with a lesson that's on a, on a hard doctrine, uh, if they're doing it on their own for the first time, they're seeing it, they're, they're more likely to misunderstand or call up someone or push back and, and quit. If you're doing the lesson with them, it's Caleb the first time that he's hearing about the Sabbath and he's like in shock, but he's asking questions. He's like, <gasps> you're able to answer and look at the Bible with him and probably lessen the blow, so to speak. So that's why I'm of the thought it's better to cover the lesson with them that you are that that you're leaving with them rather than say here's the lesson for next week next week we'll we'll go over it i don't like to do that because you leave too many too many uh unpredictable things to happen and that my friends covers today's lesson we've talked about uh soil preparation the bridge building events and we've talked about personal evangelism seed sowing those are all key elements. Tomorrow, we'll specifically talk about the public meetings. But if we don't do these other things, the public meetings, I guarantee you, will be another, another failure. And the naysayers will say, told you so. And we don't want to give them that opportunity. So tomorrow, we'll cover specifically the meetings themselves. Any questions? Has this been a little helpful? Yes. Good. So uh, these... Uh, you can order them. They're in the catalog as well. These are tools that you want to keep. So when you're done with the lesson, you don't leave the cards with them. You collect them all back like I'm doing right now. You put them back in your toolbox. You keep, you don't bring the toolbox in the, less, in the home with you. You just bring the cards. When you get back to your car or your home or your office, you put them back until you use them next time. And that's essentially how it all works. Any questions? You guys, uh, either either I'm um, answering everything so well, or I'm not, and... <laughs> All right, well, let's pray, and then I, I'll let you run along here. By the way, don't forget, Thursday and Friday, who's going to be here? John Bradshaw, in person. Oh, I'm going to be here, too. <laughs> You're going to be here, and John Bradshaw will be here as well, and he'll uh, walk you through... Uh, powerful preaching, decisions, uh, all the stuff that uh, he can explain better than anyone else. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this good morning, this good session. I hope that uh, it's been helpful. Uh, I, I just want to share things that, that can maybe uh, spark uh, a, a movement in each of our churches. I know that in this conference, things are already happening. So maybe I'm just affirming what is already going on. Or maybe um, something I'm shared will, will open up some, some more avenues to share you with others. But our dream, our dream is to see more and more people in the world receive the good news, accept you, and walk with you, and, uh, and plan on spending eternity with you. Lord, give us a good remainder of day. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.